This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, November 20th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. As you head out for the holiday, know this. The TSA now admits many of those naked body scanning machines at airports don't safeguard your privacy nearly as well as they used to claim. It may be a good year to opt out. Jim Harper, Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, comments. This is from USA Today. The Transportation Security Administration has put 91 of its full-body scanning machines worth $14 million in storage because of privacy concerns. Uh, Officials told a House hearing on Thursday the machines, so-called backscatter machines, use X-rays to scan passengers, produce near-naked images of travelers. The TSA said that software that was supposed to replace the near-naked image on the machine with a stick figure was flawed and could not be used to ease privacy concerns. This is not the first that we've heard about this. This has been going on for some time, this uh, issue related to privacy and TSA's use of these particular machines. The strip search machines, two different varieties of machines, but the differences aren't terribly relevant, uh, had been moving along for a couple of years and really took energy after the 2009 underwear bombing attempt. Uh, the the fellow who is now uh, in prison for life, having failed to ignite a, a bomb sewn into his underwear, probably because of that incident, these machines were were pushed forward and have maintained their use in airports where they should have gone the the route of the puffer machines. Followers of these issues might remember the puffer machines, which at least $30 million were spent on before TSA discovered that the machines don't really work in an airport environment because of dust, because of humidity and things like that. Well, for different reasons, we're in a long, slow process of discovering that the strip search machines essentially don't work in airports. TSA relented after some years to the privacy complaints and asked the vendors of these machines to convert the literal naked images they produced and turn them into uh, images that are essentially stick figures or outlines that would highlight the the area where some suspect item might be. But evidently the software hasn't, hasn't been a success and at the same time the throughput on these machines is too low. So they moved them out of LaGuardia, JFK, LAX, Boston, Charlotte, Orlando. They moved them out of the the high-traffic airports toward the lower-traffic airports because you can't get enough people through these machines uh, at the volumes that you need to do this thing. So they're actually going to fail on um, time and motion as much as they have the privacy problems, the cost problems, and effectiveness. And... uh EPIC, the Electronic Privacy Information Center, had worked, did yeoman's work trying to get TSA to provide even the most basic information about the risks associated with these machines. They even got a court order, and TSA essentially defied that court order for some time. True. EPIC has been uh, a tack dog like at the neck of the, the TSA strip search machine program. Um, seeking out documents through the Freedom of Information Act and ultimately filing a lawsuit. And that lawsuit uh, concluded last, uh, sorry, a year ago, July, with an order that the the TSA should undertake a notice and comment rulemaking, which is a traditional way of doing regulations. And as of a year later, that is this past July, the TSA had not commenced that rulemaking. EPIC and others initiated a petition to require the agency to go forward that with that notice and public comment period, uh, the court actually denied that petition, but said, 
but noted the fact that the agency said it would be done per beginning the rulemaking by February of 2013. And in a, in a fit of generosity, the court said, by the end of March 2013, we expect to see this notice and comment rulemaking. What does all that mean? Why does that matter? Because the agency didn't think stuff through in the first place. And that's why you have these kinds of problems where the machines are too large for certain airports, the throughput is too low. With with something like seven or 800 million enplanements per year, that is people getting on a plane, taking a domestic flight, you should actually think through how this stuff is going to work. If it takes seven seconds per person to get them through this machine, that's a million hours, two million hours of Americans' time spending these machines. That's a lot of value at stake. And the TSA didn't think this through. They didn't do the risk management that's necessary. When that notice and comment period opens up, uh, we're going to have the opportunity and many other commenters are going to have the opportunity to point out uh, those costs, the time costs, the dollar costs, the privacy costs, and put those up against the security benefit, which actually is a quite low, I think, um, small margin of security that these machines provide. So a lot of factors are crashing in on the TSA strip search program, and we'll just see which one actually collapses it. And a bigger picture here, at something that you and I have talked about before, is the idea of whether or not we need a centralized federal agency in charge of airport, more specifically airline security. Well, sure. Uh, it's it's maybe natural uh, in 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 a society with the, with uh, the current vogue for how we think about things that everyone would assume that a centralized agency would be where we go, and that was the unfortunate reaction post nine one one. But if you think through security carefully, uh, heterogeneity is as, is an important way of securing things. If if an attacker or attackers are trying to do something to a to a system and they have to encounter varied security systems wherever they go, whether it be different security per airline, different security per airport, different security per airport per airline, that just makes it harder to, to plan any kind of wrongdoing. Um, that's one of the dimensions of it. Obviously, a centralized government authority is going to be less well-equipped because the government doesn't actually run the systems. The government has to come in and negotiate with the airports and the airlines uh, as to how, to how to make things function. Airports and airlines themselves responsible for security uh, know how those systems work, and they can integrate security with privacy, with cost savings, throughput, all the things that, that consumers are interested in. And, of course, airlines and airports have their own dollars on the line. If they allow uh, an insecure situation to arise, that gets reported. Post 911, everybody's very clear on the potential for harm to the airline itself and to the society. So I don't think that there's going to be any lack of effort on the part of airports or airlines. Uh, were liability restored to them in the case that uh, they were to allow some kind of security incident to occur. Jim Harper is Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.